Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. Well, if, if you can't preach after that, I, I, I don't know what to say. Um, uh, I, I just want you to, to hear from Anna and I's heart. Um, many of you, you know us. We've been here uh, since December of 2018 is when we, we moved, and, and the Lord spoke to us. We, we transitioned from Dallas at Gateway Church to be here with you. And, and many of you know us, you, you, you know our family, we have six children, and um, you'll see our parade running around if you, if you haven't seen them already. Uh, but, I, but I want you to, to hear from, from me and from Anna and I of how we know you. Uh, we know you as, as God's people who have loved us well and has, have welcomed us well. We, we have felt... God's hand just in this transition to be here in, in the way that you have loved us and the way that you've welcomed us. And, and this recurring place the Lord just continues to bring us back to is, is this place of these, these are your people. These are the, the ones that, that I've called you to serve with and I've called you to do uh, the, these, new, these new things and these, these places that the Lord's called us to go to together. And that's how we know you. And so in, in this moment, life, it's never, it's never how we draw it up anyway. You can't, you can't walk with the Lord and, and retain the driver's seat. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work. And so um, we, are, we trust God in this moment. I trust him with you. I trust him as we have with Anna and I. And I know that Jesus is going to meet us and he's going to minister to us. Amen. Amen. Well, I want you to stand to your feet. We are going to read uh, from Mark chapter 14, and we're going to ask Jesus to speak from his heart and, and heal our hearts as only he can. There's healing that Jesus has that no one else has, and we're going to go to him today. This is Mark chapter 14, verse 23. This is the setting of the Last Supper, Jesus with his disciples. Verse 23 says, And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said, This blood, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. Confirms the covenant. Let's pray. Lord, we invite you. We open our hearts. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to us today. Lord, reveal the ways that, that we have taken parts of our lives and, and held and kept them from walking in covenant with you. Lord, reveal your heart for us today. We, we come to you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your healing today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, the, this word covenant is not a common word. It's not a word that we use a lot in our interactions with each other. Uh, I haven't had a friend, you know, tell me, I really enjoy our friendship. Let's begin a covenant together. <laughs> Maybe you're familiar with the word because of attending a wedding, and, and, and whoever officiated the, the wedding might have said and referred to that wedding as a marriage covenant, which it is. Marriage covenant is a three-part covenant. Three participants, God, a husband, and a wife. 
That is the marriage covenant created by God. And so, but covenant is not a, it's not a common term for us. And, and I want us just today to, to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to grow our understanding of what it is to live in, co- in, in covenant. We're, we're very familiar with contracts. Contracts are necessary. We, we use contracts in business and other fields, and, and they're necessary. So this isn't about that, that contracts are bad, but I, but I want you to see the, diffi- the, the difference between covenant thinking and contract thinking. Because God has given covenant to heal and restore brokenness in relationships. And our thinking must, must leave this gravitational pull from, from our culture and society that, that moves us into, into contract thinking and step in the renewal of our minds into covenant thinking and covenant living. Now, I, I have a, a good example of this. I want to share this with you, and I want you to know I have Anna's permission in, in telling you about this. Uh, but our bed has five pillows, It's an odd number. There are two on Anna's side, two on my side, and one in the middle. The one in the middle, it's it's significant that it's in the middle. That's a neutral area that should be open to whoever would want to use that pillow. That pillow in the middle is a little different. And we have this recurring conversation where I get into bed early and before Anna, and I grab that pillow because it's a nice pillow. It's a soft pillow. Ministers to me, makes me feel better comforts me. And I, and I lay in bed and I snuggle with that pillow. And, and then Anna gets in bed and she asks this question. She says, hey, uh, where's my pillow? And I, and I said, best friend, this is, this, is our, this is our marriage covenant. Everything that is mine is now yours. God has walked us to this incredible place, babe. And everything that is yours is now mine. And, and she says, give me my pillow. <laughs> and so I give her her pillow. Our, this pillow lives outside of the marriage covenant somehow. <laughs> and there are, there are elements of the relationships of our lives that whether we realize it or not, they are living outside of covenant. And... That the, the places in relationships that exist and live outside of the covenant of God and his thinking and his desire and how we act and how we treat each other will bring brokenness and division in our relationships. Covenant is a creation by God. It simply means, the word means to cut. And it, it is a word that carries severity with it. It carries a weight with it. God is serious about his covenants. We see through the, the Old Testament into the New, there are, there are five covenants, five major places where God steps in to end separation with man. We see it with Noah. And we have a beautiful reminder of, of the goodness of God and how He holds to His covenant. Every time that there's a storm, God reminds us, hey, I'm still here and I'm watching over this earth. It's still all mine. And my goodness will always be there after every storm. And he made that covenant with Noah. And then he made a covenant with Abraham. And we'll look at that in in, in greater depth. With Abraham, he said, hey, I see you in your brokenness. I see you in your place of need. You have no children and your hearts are crying out for one. 
and I want to step in and I want you to know me in a way that my provision speaks so much louder than, than the brokenness that you feel right now. And, and so much greater than just this moment. It goes on and on. My blessing and my covenant last from generation to generation. And so he, he tells this to Abraham. And in Genesis 15, Abraham prepares for the covenant. And God instructs him to take animals. And again, this word, this cutting, this severity is seen. He takes animals and he divides them in half. And on one side is this, this part of the animal and on the other side. And, and the, the custom would be that, that they would walk, the two parties that were uniting would walk through the middle of these pieces and then circle around, signifying that no matter what happened, no matter what circumstances of life came, that they would stay in unity, that they would always come back to a place of unity. But then a, an interesting thing happened. Abraham goes to sleep. And in the moment where he was expecting that he would walk through these pieces and establish this covenant with God, he awakes to simply see a torch and a burning clay pot stepping through the pieces. This is a symbol and a sign of the Father and the Son walking through the pieces. And so Abraham's responsibility in this covenant was one of belief. The Word of God tells us that Abraham believed God, and it was in that belief that God accounted righteousness into his account. He declared him righteous. And so there's the covenant with Abraham. We see a covenant with Moses and God's people and the plan that he had of uniting a people to himself. We see a covenant with David. All of these covenants, they were messy. You want, to, you want to know why they were messy? Because they were with us. Covenant is not a church utopia. It, it, is, it is messy. Covenant is messy, and it's in that mess that the Lord steps in and says, when you're not faithful, my faithfulness does not change. Steps into a covenant with David, who was a murderer. Steps into a covenant with Noah, who immediately afterwards is indecent and drunk. And God is faithful to His covenant. And so today I want to look at just a, a few things. Characteristics of covenant and characteristics of contract thinking that the Lord is pulling us from and, and bringing us to Himself that our minds would be renewed to walk with Him in our relationships. I want you to know that covenant is, a, is God's creation to repair and heal brokenness in relationship with Him and others. So here's some of the thinking that we have in covenant and contract. In covenant, it is based on mutual trust. It's based on mutual trust. Contract, there's mutual distrust. Covenant is made for the benefit of the other. While contracts are made to benefit me. Covenant is driven by love. Contracts are driven by performance. In covenant, we would say it's 100% no matter what. 
contract, we would say, as long as you do your part. Covenant can be maintained by one. A contract must be maintained by both. And what, what I want us to have in our hearts as we look at this and we ask the Holy Spirit to, to speak to us from this place is this truth. In, in covenant, our rights decrease and our responsibilities increase. Our rights go down, our responsibilities go up. And there, there are three foundational relationships that, that the Lord wants to, to heal and bring uh, His thinking and His life of covenant in. And the first one, the foundational one that, that, he, that we're to live from in every, every facet of life is our hearts before God. Covenant heals our hearts before God. When we walk with the Lord and we know, and we know the impurity and, and the place of brokenness that, that we uh, live with in this sin nature, the Word tells us, you know, Romans 5 says this, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. I, I just want to tell you this, just to, to, you know, end the suspense. I didn't have to teach my kids to be selfish. I didn't have to teach them that, guys, when someone, when you get something, hang on to it really tight and scream mine every time somebody tries to take it. They, they somehow came out of the womb just knowing how to do that. And so we are very aware of, of the, the, the nature of sin that we are born with. But I love that Romans 5 continues in verse 17 and says this, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. It is through covenant with Jesus Christ that we rule and reign over sin and death. It is through the covenant with Jesus that our hearts are healed from the brokenness that we know and we feel. We find a place before Jesus, I am fully known and fully loved. And that is the foundational place. And so the rights that, that must end in, to, in order to receive healing for our hearts, in order to step into a place where that sin nature meets the blood of Jesus Christ, the right that has to end is my right of lordship over my life. You cannot walk with Jesus and stay in the driver's seat. There must be an exchange of saying, Jesus, I no longer am in charge of this life. Jesus, I relinquish this right, it is no longer mine. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. I relinquish the right of lordship. I don't leave this thing. I have submitted and surrendered my heart to Jesus. He is not just my Savior. He is my Lord. And when I do that, then you say, well, what is the responsibility for that? Then if that's the right that, that, that you surrender, what is the responsibility? The responsibility is belief. It is not that you have to walk through here and bring a sheet of how many days in your Bible reading plan that you checked off this week. 
Or to walk in and say, God, I'm prepared to be, to be close to you because I, I only yelled at my kids three times this morning. It is not an act of, of the works of our life. It is a place of looking and saying, Jesus, I believe in you as God's son that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe in you. John chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus is, gets this question. What does the Father want us to do? We want to do good works. What does the Father want us to do? You know what he says? He says simply this. This is the one thing the Father asks of you. Believe in the one that he has sent. Our responsibility is belief. The next relationship that the Lord wants to bring healing through covenant is, is our marriage our marriages, that God wants to breathe and heal our hearts as husbands and wives. You say, well, well Pastor Josh, we're, we're, we're single, and, and, and statistics tell us that, that there, there are a multitude of us here that have walked through divorce. Well, I, I will not back up because this is the place of healing for our hearts when we walk through the trauma of divorce and we walk through the brokenness of, of what happens when we try to lead and we try to walk in our own way. God created the covenant of marriage to be a healing place for your heart. He, he gives us this example. You say, well, what are, what are the rights? What are, what are our rights? And, and, and this, the, there's so much of this that we, we see and we, we feel today. But, but I want you to know, you know what the right that we relinquish is? It's the right of priority. It's the right of, of my heart telling Anna, you are my priority. You know what the Lord asked of her? That she not use that in manipulative ways. When I relinquish the right of priority... My responsibility is to serve. My responsibility is to serve. Her responsibility, according to Ephesians 5, is to submit to me as a godly husband. And it's in this place that the Lord heals our lives. It's in this place that He speaks healing. And I remember it wasn't too long after we first got married. It'll be, and I'll hit 19 years this June, amazingly enough. You say those things and, and like these thoughts go through your mind like, man, that's, that's what older people say. <laughs> it, just, it just sneaks up on you. Uh, but it wasn't too long into, into our, our marriage that uh, this, this occurrence kept, kept happening where Anna would call and I'd be on the phone with someone else and I would never switch over to see if she, what she needed. I would finish. <laughs> my friend Joel said, uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, w I wouldn't switch over. I just would finish my conversation and then call her. And, and a few times she had said something about it. And, uh, but there was one instance that uh, I was driving home and on the phone. She tried to call. And, and I waited and, and finished my conversation and then just waited until I got home. And, and she was so hurt. And we, we, we had this conversation where she says, why do you do that? Do you know how that makes me feel? And so you, I, I, as a holy man of God, I took it to the Lord. And I was like, Lord, we got to work on this woman. 
God, I, I am doing my part. I need you to speak. I need you to do your part. I'm doing everything I can. And, and as only a good, loving father, he said, no, it is you. What was I speaking? I was speaking something different than the value that God had established me to walk in in covenant with her. Now, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that as we walk this out, Anna's the one that, that we have six kids, four of them are the same age, and so life, it's been a little different. It, it's been just a little bit of a, a time management uh, process. Can we say, does that sound... But she's the one that's continually going, hey, you need to get out. You need to go play golf. You need to go hunting. You need to go do stuff with friends. Because when you walk in covenant and it's not based on mutual distrust and we don't live in a place where we're having to protect and, and hold on to the rights that we think that we need and we have to demand, we invite the Holy Spirit to heal and bring peace and trust with us. And it's messy, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. And God will heal our marriages if we live from covenant. The last place that I, I want us to see is the relationships that we have as fellow believers. Our relationships with others. God wants to heal our hearts with others. The Word of God gives us directives of, of, of how we are to respond when we go through times that, that injustice has been done and forced upon us. And those wounds we can carry, and, and if, we, if we do not bring these to the Lord and we do not uh, allow Him to speak to us, then bitterness can take root and begin to shape our lives into something that is opposite of the heart of God and His plans for us. James chapter 2, verse 13 tells us that mercy triumphs over judgment. But I want you to know that, that a, a step of forgiveness is not a step of, of justice being released into nothingness. A step of forgiveness is not a step of passivity. Because there is one who is a just judge who makes all things right. And so the, the, the place and the right that we relinquish to Jesus is the seat of judgment. The Word of God tells us that we are to judge the fruit of each other's lives. We're able to see, but it does not tell us that we sit in the seat of judgment. It tells us that we are not to sit in the seat of judgment. And so in this place of relinquishing judgment, what we are doing is we are saying, Jesus, you are the just judge. You are the one that holds justice. And so I relinquish and I let go of my need to inflict justice. And I relinquish it to you. I release my right to live in judgment and I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit, empowering me to walk out forgiveness. Because it's not a passive place. Jesus is not passive about justice. He is not a passive judge. He holds it all. 
And so forgiveness is not just releasing it into nothingness in this place. Well, maybe he'll get to it or maybe he won't know. He knows it all and he alone sits in the seat of judgment. I referenced earlier the, the covenant that God made with Abraham. In Genesis chapter 15, we, we see this, this picture of covenant that Abraham goes to sleep. Darkness envelops and Abraham goes to sleep. It's amazingly similar to what we see in Mark 14. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and man once again in the moments before covenant is asleep. And three times Jesus wakes His disciples asking them to pray. And each time they go back to sleep. And then once again, God and His Son step into covenant together. God and His Son walk through the pieces where covenant is established with the cutting of His Son. And He opens His heart for you and I, and He receives it upon Himself. He takes the judgment that you and I deserve and you and I should carry and He receives it upon Himself and He makes a covenant with the Father for you and I. And so our response, the same as it is for Abraham, that God and the Son walk through this place of covenant together. And our response is the same as it was for Abraham, is to believe. Jesus in the garden relinquished the right of lordship and he said, not my will, but your will be done. He walked out this covenant and, and priority was settled and he looked at you and, and he looked at me and he took upon our sins and, and he made you and I his priority. Birthing the church from a pure place of serving and sacrifice. And then in the moments before he gave his life, he looked at those that had crucified him. He looked at those that were mocking. And he said these words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He relinquished judgment. So there may be areas today that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He may be speaking to you about your heart before God and you're, you're not walking with God. And there's a, a right of lordship that, that must be settled today. Maybe you're, you're in a place where your heart needs to know covenant like never before. And a fresh understanding of what it is to have God bring His presence and His healing power into your marriage. And you know there's conversations that have to happen. And there's a right of priority that has to be taken and relinquished. And conversations have to happen. And then maybe you may be in a place where, where you've held unforgiveness. And you've been worried that, that if you let go of the justice and inflicting justice, that it would never happen. 
The Lord's asking you if you will trust Him with that today. Let's ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to pray over you. And I want to pray courage over your hearts today that you would respond to what God is speaking to you. What is He speaking to your heart today? In a moment, I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come to the front. And and if He's speaking with you, if He's dealing with you, I want to ask you to take a step and, and come forward for prayer. Come forward in agreement that God would meet you in this moment because He's here. He loves you. He carries no condemnation in His voice. His posture is one that says, I'm filled with mercy and grace, and He is healing for your hearts today. God, I pray over every single one today. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the covenant that we have been invited to in Jesus. God, I thank you that today, Lord, by looking at you, Lord, the poison of bitterness, the poison of unforgiveness, the poison that happens when we live with our our own way on the throne, Lord, that it can come to an end by looking at you. Lord, I pray courage to respond to what you're saying. Lord, I pray fresh, Lord, faith for healing. Lord, those that have walked through divorce and those that are in the midst of trauma, God, I pray that you would meet them in this moment, that you would remind them that you see them and that you love them, that you are not passive in your care for them. You have not stepped away. Your posture towards them is unchanged, that you are inviting and welcoming them. Holy Spirit, would you heal these places in our relationships? Would you heal our hearts before you? Lord, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? I'm going to ask our prayer teams to go ahead and make their way to the front, and we will remain here. Our prayer teams are going to be here, and they're available for you. We are all are unified by this place where we are in need of prayer. And so we want to be available to, to partner with you. I pray according to the Word of God in faith. Amen. Would you lift your hands? I want to pray a blessing prayer over you as we dismiss. God, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray that you impart and imprint your heart on each one today. God, thank you for the blessing of what it is to be invited to covenant with Jesus. Lord, we respond to you. Lord, thank you for fresh faith. Lord, to fill every heart. Lord, encouragement. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you next week. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.